as we go into God's word and as we begin uh, Genesis, I'd like you to, if you, if you don't have it, to please turn there. I have mine right here ready. I have my notes ready. Everybody have it? Yeah? It's not too hard to find, right? Kidding. Glad I got one laugh. <laughs> I got one chuckle. Somebody say, Pastor Joe, don't quit your day job. Genesis chapter 1 says, in the beginning. So Genesis is a book about beginnings, okay? A new beginning. Our church theme this year, 2022, says what? All things new, right? And that's from a scripture that we have in Isaiah, the book of Isaiah. But it says, all things new. Genesis is a book of beginnings. It comes from the Hebrew word, breshit, breshit. And as we get into this chapter, we're going to be able to learn and see how God in his to me, it's just, like, amazing, like, the way God planned and orchestrated everything to be connected throughout scriptures. From beginning, from, be, from Genesis to Revelation, from beginning to end, the message of the gospel, listen up, please, the message, because we get this question a lot, right, about scripture and how true scripture is. And is it trustworthy? Is it true? How is it relevant for today if it was written so many hundreds, thousands of years ago? But the message from the book of Genesis all the way to Revelations is pointing to Jesus Christ. And this is amazing because it is written by men who were inspired by God directly. Divine inspiration. Everybody tracking with me? To write and be intentional about the words that are in this book for you and I, for the world. Now, have translations changed some of that? Yes, but that's why it's important for you and I, for you and I, okay, for us to be students of God's word. Be a student of God's word. And I'll say this and I'll ask it. I'm going to try to ask it every time I get a chance to be up here. As a way to challenge us, as a way to encourage us as well, do you believe God's word? You don't have to answer me, but it's a question that I want us to think about and really, really continue to ask even ourselves. There's days, I'll be honest, there's days that I, that I have to ask the Lord, show me. Because doubt is kind of trying to creep in right now. And some days I'll just say, just remind me. And the moment I wake up and I hear my kids' voices, I'm like, there it is. That's the reminder I needed. Or if I hear the birds coming through the open window, chirping and just beautifully singing, I'm reminded. There it is. That, that's where I know. So God uses little things to remind me. But it's something to challenge us by. Because the message... From Genesis to Revelations, 
remains the same. It all points to redemption. It all points to a new beginning. It all points to a new life, transformation, but only through one, through Jesus Christ. And this is extremely wonderful about God's word. When I was going through this today, I started going nuts in my head and in my heart because of how I began to experience in that moment God's truth, God's wisdom, God's sovereignty, but most of all, the love that he has for you and I, the love of God for you and I in everything that he has done for us. We're going to learn just a little bit about his creation tonight, okay? I can't even get too far. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not even going to try to read the whole chapter with you guys tonight. We're probably going to get up to verse 3, okay? I'm not kidding. Um, and then next week, we'll go on to chapter 2, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> In the beginning, God, Elohim, the Hebrew word there, created. Now, I want to point something out. The Gospel of John says, chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word. Everybody remember that verse? John chapter 1, verse 1, the Gospel of John. Okay? Hundreds of years later, right? But he begins that book by saying, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was Come on. Was God, right? It also goes on to say that through him, through Jesus, he's talking in that verse, he's talking about Jesus. Everybody on the same page? Okay, just in case we're not. He's talking about Jesus Christ. And he also says there in John chapter 1 that it was through him. Everybody say, through him, that all things were created. I don't know if you guys ever noticed that. So when we're talking, we all know that, right, our God is a triune God. We have the God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But had you ever realized that it was Jesus, and it was through Jesus that all things had been created? Blows, blows my mind, like, right? It's like, what? It's through Jesus that all things were created. Some people say, well, the Bible doesn't say that in the book of Genesis. It just says God. We're going to go there right now. Okay? You ready? Yeah? Now, the difference. Here's the difference between John and Moses. Everybody knows Moses was the author, the writer of the, of the Torah, right? That what we call in, in our, in our um, circles the Pentateuch, which is the first five books of the Bible. In Judaism and Hebrew culture, we call that Torah. Okay? Now, the word that John uses... In his gospel for beginning is a word that refers to, it's an eternal word for beginning. Okay, everybody say eternal, meaning that there was no beginning to him. But the word that Moses uses for in the beginning, okay, I'm sorry. The word that Moses uses for in the beginning makes reference to, man, this is horrible because I only need them for the reading. But then when I look up at you, it's like, whoa. 
the word that Moses uses here that God directed him to use is a word that actually references the beginning of time, the universe, everything. In other words, the universe that we know, have heard of, have learned about, were not even in existence yet. Nothing was there. I don't even know how to describe nothing. <laughs> so there's difference in, and, and some of our Bibles have like little footnotes or they have little message, uh, scripture references. And I don't know if yours does, but mine has that. It says John chapter 1, uh, verses 1 through 3. But it's making that reference because of how John in his gospel talks about in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God and through him all things okay were created powerful the book of colossians paul teaches about the same thing he says that it's through jesus that all things are held together that's awesome and jesus is the one that holds it all together so if 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 you and i are having any issues in life any problems in life when we feel things are falling apart, have you ever felt like everything was falling apart? No? Just me? I, I, whenever we feel that things around us are falling apart, we need to run to Jesus because he's the one that holds it all together. All things are held together through him. Okay? So watch this. See what we're doing? We're not even done with verse one we're like one two three four words in in the beginning god created he created the heavens and the earth right now here's where some of our translations or versions that we might be using might be a little different now, I'm not, I know Pastor Josh, Pastor Isaac, uh, many of us have shared this before, and I'll reiterate it. Scriptures in their original transcripts, the original uh, manuscripts, I should say, of the Bible, I don't know if you're aware, but they don't have chapter numbers, and they don't have verse numbers, okay? Also, there's even some very early manuscripts where they say there's not even separations between words, especially in the Old Testament, okay? There's some manuscripts that don't even have separation of words. It's just one long, okay, like a run-on sentence, but it's not, okay? And here is where there's a lot of debate. I'm not going to get really into it, but if you've heard of uh, the gap theory, this is where a lot of people, a lot of scholars, students get into discussions because there's a theory that arises here that between verse 1 and verse 2 like a billion years went by that's known as the gap theory i don't personally agree with it the reason they have their reasons but one of the biggest things is that what a lot of people are doing is they're taking science they're taking secular ideas and they're starting to bring them in to biblical thought and teaching everybody tracking with me and so because it's talking about or in in their eyes they understand this as two separate things happening here they believe that there's a gap there of 
billions, millions, and even billions of years. But here's where we have to be careful on how we're reading and what we're learning and, and what it is we're, like, teaching as well. Some of our Bibles, beginning verse 2, might say, and the earth. There's a conjunction there. Anybody have and in their version? I was, I was praying that I would have a witness tonight. Mama Mo, you have it? So it says, um, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and, right? Some of you who raised your hands, and. Now, that conjunction right there is intentional to show us that there's a thought that is being connected. It's almost like there's two conversations, two things going on that are now being bridged. Everybody tracking with me? And so when you find in grammar, okay, the conjunction is to remind us. It's like in the New Testament, sometimes we'll read Paul's teachings and they'll say, therefore, it's because he's, he's made an argument. And now he's coming and giving you like a conclusion to the argument or to his thoughts. Okay? So he's connecting, right? The word and here allows us to understand that these are not two separate complete thoughts, but that they're actually together and they're meant to be together. And so he uses this conjunction here to say, and the earth was without form, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth, two thoughts coming together, was without form, and it was void. The purpose is to unite these two thoughts. Therefore, we believe that there is not an argument here for the gap theory that many believe, but that this was all at the same time. And, and, and I want to, like, just kind of take us a little bit further. When God does something, does he leave it halfway done? Is God the type of creator, when we look at all his, the Bible from beginning to end, God is not, it is not in his character like it is for many of us. I've shared with you guys. I started a clubhouse for my boys, right? It's getting closer. I'm going to bring you guys pictures and do like one of those time-lapse things or something. Uh, it's getting closer. It's getting closer to getting done. It is. But God, unlike many of us, right, we have unfinished projects. 1967 Volkswagen sitting in my driveway, right, that I wish... I could just get in it and drive around whenever I felt like it. But God in his character has never been one to start something and leave it completed. Can you imagine nothing happening? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and it's just there for a billion years. Does that even sound like our Lord? I know I'm not completed, but man, I'm glad he's not just like leaving me void for a while, right? 
Aren't you glad that God hasn't left you just hanging? We may leave each other hanging sometimes. You've had that phone call, right? They just leave you hanging. Man, what happened? I was in the middle of my thought. <laughs> Next thing I know, I'm like, right? Eddie, Eddie, can you hear me? Are you still there? And then you call them back, and they're like, you know what? The last thing I heard was, and that was like 20 minutes ago in the conversation, and you just rambled on, right? Left us. You leave, we leave each other hanging sometimes. I waited for you. Well, that was today, right? But is God known to leave us hanging for a billion years, a million years? Absolutely not. Now, there are times where he wants to grow our patience, and he says, right, just wait. But that's different. That's not a process of us, like, you know, being created. That's a process of us learning how to grow our faith, our trust, right, waiting upon him to show us, to direct us. Because many times we just want to do it on our own. Many times we just want to get it done and get it over with. But to say that there was a void and a pause for a billion or a million years, I don't think so. Shall we continue? All right. And the earth was without form and void and darkness. And darkness, it says, was on the face of what? Of the deep. You know, when, when we're... When we're not living right, we're not walking with our heads held high, right? Most of the time, we're walking, faces looking down, walking, you know, defeated. There's no reason to be around, right? My middle son today, so like, blew me away. We were at karate, and he comes up to me out of the blue. We haven't been talking about it. I don't know if he heard it at school, but he comes up to me and he puts his hands around, like up here on my shoulders. He just kind of looks at me. You know, I was on my phone and he says, Dad, did you know that we all have a purpose? And I was like, <laughs> put my phone down. I had to like go. I said, what? He says, yeah, Dad, you know we're all here for a reason? I was like, who are you telling? Right? <laughs> yeah, that's how I felt too. I was like, all right. And that just blew me away. When we are lost, we're like the darkness in the deep. We are so low in our lives. We are so low in our hearts. Our minds, our thoughts, our pain takes us to the deep, right? And it says the darkness. Listen to that. The darkness. Now, does this mean that there was a void of God at that moment and in that place? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because we know that God is everywhere. He's, he's, right? He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. But it says that the darkness was hovering over the deep. But look at what it says next. And the darkness was on the face of the deep. Oh, okay. Here we go. And it says, and the Spirit of God, right? And the Spirit of God. Now, the Hebrew word there for Spirit of God is Ruach 
Elohim. Now check this out. Man, so in rabbinical Judaism, which are the teachers who study and have studied these scriptures for hundreds of years, teachings that have been passed down from generation to generation. This is a passage that they bring much like emphasis and significance to because the Ruach Elohim is actually pointing to Messiah. And when I was reading about this, it blew me away because I thought to myself, this is what John was talking about. This is where you and I see the presence of Jesus, Messiah, in the creation, up in the mix of what's happening and what they're doing here to bring all these things into existence. And this is why I get excited because we can read his scriptures, we can read these passages and know and truly know that his word is real, that his word is truth when we find connections like this that point to Jesus. It's like the other day. I'm telling you, my boys, they blow me away. They blow me away on some of the things they come up with. They started talking about, you know, God being with them no matter what on their own. And we're just, my wife and I just kind of started listening and Logan, the youngest one, he's six, he goes, yeah, dad, and you know what? Even if he doesn't save us from something bad, he's still going to be with us. And I was like, what is this kid talking about? That's like deep. Even if he doesn't save us from something bad, he said, he, and I go, you're right. You've heard the story of Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. And he goes, yeah. When the king threw him in the furnace, it says there wasn't just three, there was four. And I go, and do you know who the fourth one, fourth one was? He goes, yeah, it was the Lord. And I said, you're right. And I was like, man, I don't think I've even sat down to teach these boys about, <laughs> you know, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Jesus was there creating for you and I to help us come out of a darkness that sometimes can be so deep we can't get ourselves out of it. And he, in his Holy Spirit, says, I am what you need. I am what you need to free you and get you out of the depths of darkness. Where did my glasses go? Here they are. Because look, are you guys still following with me? And the Spirit of God was hovering, hovering over the face of the waters. But wait, just a minute ago, it said the darkness was over the face of those same waters. But now it says the Spirit of God was present there too. So he was not absent. From where the darkness was abiding, he was there, right? He was there. And then look what he says now. 
and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, then God said, man, that's exciting. When did things start to change? When did it shift here? Huh? I see some of you getting it. When he what? He didn't write it. Nobody had written this down yet. Right? Nobody else was preaching it yet. There was no prophets. There was nobody else. But it says that God, his word came forth and brought a change. When does God begin to do a change in your and my life? When? When does God begin to transform your and my life? When his word is spoken. But what's his word but these pages? It's not just these pages. It's not just what's on this paper. John said it. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God. And it's not, just so you know, it's not a past tense phrase there, okay? It's a ever-moving, ever, like, it's just constant. It's a constant phrase that he, is, he was, he is, and he always will be. But when it tells us that he was that word, it was God himself speaking, breathing that light into existence. And it's the light of Jesus, the light of his spirit. It's the light of Christ himself that went forth. This is awesome. The light of Christ himself, when he spoke, went forth. I can imagine, like, if he had a mouth, because God isn't, like, in human form, right? But if he had a mouth, the moment those words started coming out, it was like, like a light, like a sword of light coming out to pierce the darkness, to destroy the darkness, to allow it to come out and be spoken and begin to change what was going on there and to say to the darkness, you're not anymore, period. You're not. You're not. And his light shone from that moment on. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? And God said, <laughs> and God said, let there be light. Let there be light. You know that same light, that same light. is the same light that's in you and I. But we have to believe his word. And then after believing, we have to allow it to bring transformation. Because we can hear it, but it doesn't mean that we're allowing it. Is everybody following me? The whole goal, the whole purpose is to allow him to bring change, right? Is that your and my life would not be the same, but that it would be transformed. That's the whole reason why he gave us his son, is that so that we would not be lost in the depth of that darkness, but that through his light, we would come to see, we would come to live abundantly, like his scripture says, that he came to give us what? Abundant life. That's life that's, you know, it's not just about having and obtaining, but that's life. What that means, the abundance of Christ in your and my life, is that same light 
that same light constantly growing inside of us, constantly building, not tearing down, not tearing down, constantly edifying, constantly building. That same light that he says, hey, take this to the world, it is inside of you. And if I've put it inside of you, think about it. The same light, the same power that raised our Lord from the death and conquered death and overcame sin is the same, he says, that I have placed inside of you through my son, Jesus Christ. So that when you and I speak his word over our family, over our children, over our lives, that word can bring transformation. That word can bring healing. But we got to what? We got to trust and believe his word. We got to trust him. Believe it. Live it. And allow it to separate us from that darkness. And he said, let there be light. That's my desire and my hope. Is that in everything, in everything we do, that light would shine through and give glory to God. That it would give glory to God. That as we share it with our, our neighbors, our friends, our family members, anybody who needs it, that it would bring change and transformation. That we would plant that seed of his light, right, in our lives. Amen? Amen? All right. I'm going to close it out. We have just a few minutes left to close it out, but um, I want to encourage you tonight. I want to encourage you tonight to just continue to dive into God's word. Continue to just, you know, I don't know how else. I, I, I wish I was a salesman because <laughs> I'd have the right words to say, you know, to like sell it. But I, I, want, us, I want us to fall in love so much with his word that we would say, Lord, Yes, this is it. This is it, right? So as we, as we leave tonight, as we leave tonight, let's be reminded. Let's just be reminded of the power that's in his word. It's mighty. It's mighty. Nothing's ever going to stop it. Nothing's going to hold it back. Lord, we thank you for your scriptures. We thank you for these few passages that we were able to just Hang out in for a little while and, and enjoy your goodness and the sweetness of your word. I pray, Lord, that we would continue to build your house, your people. That we would take, take all that we learn from your scriptures, from your word, from your life, from your example, Lord Jesus. And, and live it. Allow it to transform us and be able to live it and walk in it every single day. That others may, may desire, not just want, but desire what we have in you. That we may easily give it away and share it with the world. That we would not hoard it to ourselves, but share it, Lord. I pray your blessing over your people tonight. I pray your Holy Spirit would cover them. And Lord, whatever darkness may be trying to creep into our lives from the enemy, I rebuke it in the mighty name of Jesus. And I pray a covering, a divine covering over your people tonight in the mighty, in the mighty name of Jesus.
Thank you, Lord. We bless your people. Amen. God bless you, church. God bless you. Have a great night. Have a wonderful night. Hope to see you Sunday.